Is the Bible just a history book telling about God and telling about the events that happened to the people in the Old and New Testament? Or is the Bible the power of God for us today with promises of God that are applicable to us today? Many people read the Bible like it's a history book that tells about God. I had an interesting opportunity to test this as a new Christian shortly after I was born again in 1975. At that time, I owned a business in American Indian Arts in Dallas, Texas. One day, a little short fat man came into our shop. He was wearing a suit and he had on a tie. And I noticed that tie clasp on his tie was a pair of handcuffs. He was very friendly and smiley. And he said to me, Little lady, do you know Mr. Cutter? And I said, no, no, I don't. And he said, well, he knows you. He's suing you for a million dollars. Of course, I was incredibly shocked. Here is this man that I didn't even know had filed a lawsuit against me for a million dollars. This deputy sheriff handed me the legal papers and left. It was so ridiculous to me, I couldn't even take it seriously. I went into my office and just threw the envelope that contained the information on top of one of my shelves. A few days later, I realized that if I didn't address this lawsuit, this man could take away all my merchandise, get a judgment against me, and put me out of business. I didn't have even much merchandise at that time. I probably had two to $3,000 in merchandise. I really had no bank account at all. I lived from day to day. And I lived in a, an apartment that I paid $180 rent per month. And I drove an old car. So basically, there was very little he could obtain from me, except the merchandise from the shop. And that wasn't much. But I didn't know what else to do. I called a lawyer, and he heard the story, agreed to represent me. A few weeks passed, and Gordon did something about the case and filed some kind of papers with the courts. And I received a bill for $3,000 for legal service. I barely had enough to pay that bill, and it pretty much wiped out all the cash that I had. 
Now, God had worked with me just prior to this on getting out of debt and staying out of debt. And it didn't take me very long to figure out that if I continued with this law firm, I was going to be back in debt. So I turned to God, what do you want me to do about this? The lawyers were actually becoming a bigger problem to me than the lawsuit. My own lawyers. What do you want me to do? I asked God. I had recently read a scripture in Isaiah and that was called to my mind and I went back and looked at it. Isaiah 54.17 This is a promise of God to his children. God says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, I was a new Christian, and I knew very little scripture, and I knew very little things about God. But I began thinking about this verse of scripture. It's a promise of God to his children. Well, now I'm one of his children because I've already been born again a few weeks earlier. So this promise from God would apply to me. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. This lawsuit was definitely a weapon formed against me. As a child of God, according to the Bible, this weapon could not prosper against me. Then the other part of that scripture says, And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. Another promise from the Bible to the children of God. Jesus says to his disciples, Luke twenty-one fifteen, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. God had been teaching me to live by Scripture. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I'd been doing these scriptures for several weeks, 
different scriptures. And now Isaiah 54, verse 17 comes up. No weapon formed against thee will prosper. And this lawsuit had just come against me. And according to the Bible, this lawsuit can't prosper. So what am I going to do? As I continue to think on these scriptures, it began to surface in my mind. So why am I paying all this money to a lawyer to represent me? I can just go to court and speak for myself at court. Based on that scripture and that promise of God, that is what I decided I would do. Dismiss my lawyer and go to court without any human legal counsel. As a young Christian, I felt I should also talk with my pastor. So I made an appointment with him. As I drove to the appointment, I prayed for God to give the pastor wisdom. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. So I prayed for God to confirm this to me through my pastor. After I explained the situation to him, I explained the scriptural basis for my decision. Pastor said, quote, Joan, I perceive that you have faith to do this this way. I called my lawyer immediately. I shared the scripture in Isaiah with my lawyer, and I told him either the Bible is true or it is just a history book telling about God. And this was a good time to find out. If it was simply a history book telling about God and the people of God that went before me, then I didn't want anything to do with the Bible. Either the Bible has power or it doesn't. If it has the power of God contained in the scriptures, and if the promises of God are for us today, then I wanted to read the Bible. Otherwise, I didn't want anything to do with Bible. This was going to be a good time to find out. I said to the lawyer, if the Bible is true, it would have power for us who believe the scriptures. And no weapon would prosper against me, just as the Bible says. 
So I was going to go to court without any human legal counsel. The lawyer was horrified. He was very shocked. And he said to me, Joan, you can't do this. You don't realize how evil these courts are today. But how powerful is God who created the heaven and earth? Surely God can cause me to win out in human courts. And I was sure what God promised he would do and could do. Gordon says, Joan, we're willing to work with you. Why, it'll only take about $10,000 more to try your case. And I was said, stop, stop, Gordon. Don't do another thing. Don't make any phone calls on my behalf. Don't even discuss the case with me on my behalf. Stop right there. $10,000 more. That would put me back in debt. God had just gotten me out of debt and told me in my heart, he told me, get out of debt and stay out of debt, and this would put me back in debt to the lawyers. When Gordon left my shop that day, it was settled. The law firm was officially dismissed from my case. I would go to court without any human legal counsel. The trial was scheduled about six weeks down the road. About two weeks later, Gordon came back to my shop, and he said, we at the law firm have decided to try your case without any further charge to you. What's going on here? I didn't hear Gordon mention God. I didn't hear him say anything like God sent us to deal with your case. I didn't hear those words. The lawsuit would be absorbed by the legal firm financially. Man was doing this. I didn't feel God was in this at all. So I asked God, what do you want me to do about this free legal service? And I was reminded of a scripture. Now, one week it's going to cost me $10,000 to try the case, and the next week or so, they're going to do it for free. And I was reminded of a scripture. And I said to Gordon at the time that he made the free legal service offer, I'm just going to have to get back with you on this one. Immediately, I began praying, what do you want me to do to God? 
Genesis 14 was called to my mind. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, in verse 21, Give me the persons, and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldst say, I have made Abram rich. I knew by this scripture God was telling me, don't take the free legal service. And I said to God, I want to be like Abram. I want you to be my provider. I don't want this world to be my provider and these worldly people who don't know you. I want you as my provider. I don't want to win the lottery. Once I was building a house and my contractor said to me, now you don't owe me anything for this unless you win the lottery. And I said to him, then I won't owe you anything because I won't be winning the lottery because I won't be buying a lottery ticket. My provision comes from God. And I have always had deep in my heart a repulsion concerning things like gambling and the lottery and getting wealth from human beings. And from that day to this present day, I have continued to live in this concept, not desiring wealth or things from this world, but rather wanting only that which God would provide for me. And that has been my path. So it was very important for me to have this concept about Abraham brought to my attention in 1976. For it has been a foundation to my life on this present earth. Of course I was afraid when I set out on this path about the lawsuit. To help me, God would remind me of Scripture that I could use to strengthen me. He gave me about 14 Scriptures during that time to strengthen me and give me faith and give me hope and keep me going. I took those verses of Scripture one by one for he gave them to me over the six-week period of time before the trial was to start. I took each one of the scriptures called to my mind and wrote it down and just kept it in writing before me on a notepad day and night and thought about it. I also recorded those scriptures on a cassette tape player 
On both sides of the cassette tape, just over and over, I recorded those scriptures which God had brought to my mind. When I awoke in the night, I would turn the cassette tape over and let it play, and then I would fall asleep to it playing those scriptures. A few days before the trial was scheduled in the U.S. courts, the lawyers of the man who was suing me called me. And the lawyer said, Since you do not have a lawyer, we are calling you to tell you this. Our client dropped all charges. So there will be no court trial. And I said to him, did he drop all charges against everyone? This was a trial against several people that was joined together by him. He was suing several Indian arts dealers in Dallas. He was also suing the Better Business Bureau of Dallas and Fort Worth, claiming that we had joined together in a conspiracy against him to keep him from doing business in Dallas. He would come to Dallas and rent a motel room, as so many people did at that period of time. Indian Arts was a big moneymaker. And he would advertise in the newspapers that he would be in town for two or three days at such and such a location. And that he was selling Indian jewelry for 70% off the retail price. We had a lot of that going on in that period of time. Several dealers did that from out of town. He apparently felt he could make even more money filing a lawsuit against the dealers and against the Better Business Bureau of both cities. His lawyer told me that day that he called. He says, we tried to get him not to file suit against you. He had no grounds to sue you. But he was like a madman. He would not listen to us. So the lawsuit never came to pass. A week or so later, after the trial was dropped by this man, Gordon, my former attorney, came to my shop. And he said to me, I just wanted to tell you, that we have often discussed your case at the law firm, and I wanted to let you know that we believe what you said happened, happened. I wasn't trying to prove the word of God to Gordon and the law firm, but it's sort of like throwing a rock in a lake. Ripples go out, from that rock, every direction. And all the people around that rock are affected by those ripples. And that's the way it is 
when you hear from God and you determine to go in the way of God, everyone is affected by the word of God. Let's talk about Paul just a minute. When Paul was in a ship about to be shipwrecked, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the night and told him no man would lose his life if they stayed with the ship. And Paul told the shipmaster and the men, an angel of the Lord appeared to me last night. No one will lose his life. Stay with the ship. No one will lose his life. Now later they did beach the ship. No one will lose his life. And I believe God that it shall be as it was told me. And that's the basis for faith. You can't have faith until you hear from God. First you hear from God, and then you can believe. The Holy Spirit brings you a word directly to your mind. It might be a scripture, and it might be just a word. I had a word one time when I was badly injured and was trying to call to the telephone, and I had given up, and I had a word from God. You can do this. And because of that word, I started trying to get to that phone and did get to the phone. Because of that word, faith comes when we hear from God. Some people try to have faith without hearing from God. Faith is something that is not like standing on a vapor. It's as solid as it can get to me. There's nothing more solid than when you hear from God. As I was being taken out of my house on the gurney to the ambulance to be taken to the hospital after that accident, I heard another word from God. You'll never see this house again. From the hospital, I put the house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, but I've heard from God. I'll never see this house again. That's what faith is. God speaks, and we believe it was God, and we believe what he said. So we go along with the instruction. Now we have to try the spirits, whether they're of God. Ideas can come to our mind from our own flesh, what we want. Or an idea can come to our mind from a devil who is wanting to destroy us. Or an idea can come to our mind from the Holy Spirit. But once you are absolutely convinced it is God speaking to you, there's no debate. There's no counsel against the Word of God that He would speak to you. You simply do it. I've never seen it fail when I have established that it was the Word of God to me, and I have done it, gone along with the Word of God. I've never seen it fail, and it will not fail. God is not a liar like man is. He won't tell a lie. 
So if he said it, it's true. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.